your favorite fat boys. since what 2008 2009 2008. Yeah. yeah through mutual friends and so can't you go to own the conversation so i always thought that would be you know cool for her to be on and you know have a female uh, perspective on here eventually so i'm ready to have a female perspective on here now <laughs> so kendrick uh, go ahead tell us a little bit about yourself before we start the interview part of the podcast a little bit about me not the company right <laughs> you know, I guess you know. I guess we better talk about the company. If they're interchangeable, go ahead. They are. The company is me. So I'm Kendra. What can I tell you? I love polish, <laughs> and it's funny because you know when you think about businesses, people always say, "Well, what do you love doing?" Even though I love painting my nails, having a polish company, I didn't think of until I just would like wish a lot. Like I would say, "Oh, I wish they had this color. I wish they had this shade." I wish my polish would do this. And then it turned from I wish to I want my own polish company one day because then I don't have to worry about that. But even when I would say that, I think I was just talking shit. Like I was like, I want my own polish company. But I didn't think about putting any work towards it. And then my friend challenged me. And it was a wrap after that because I don't like to be challenged. But my polish is me. So, like, when you say tell me about you, it's hard to, like, not talk about polish because I just love polish. Like, when I meet people, the first thing I do is look at their hands, even before I had the company. Like, we all have fetishes. It's a natural thing for me. Like, and so if they, like, had a color that I liked, I'd be like, oh, what is that? So, like, now when it's like, oh, tell me about you, Kendra, it's like, okay, well, I like polish. I like leopard print. I like rock music. And I like people. So I combine everything I like, I guess not the music part, but I combine everything I like and I was able to make a business out of it. And so my goal is to just spread love and educate people on the toxins and polish and healthy alternatives and kind of inspire people just to follow their dreams and whatever their passions are. So help you tap into that. So that's who Kendra is at my core. Very well put. 
I, I, I can see, I can feel your energy when you when you talk about your love of pods. Like you just you lit up, and so that pretty much takes care of the first question of why nail polish was my <laughs> my first question. So you pretty much answered that one. So when you were thinking about Janet and Joe, was it something else, or you were, you were dead set on it being nail polish? Oh yeah, there was never anything else. Like it was oh. always polish. Like polish. It's funny because like you know when you hindsight's twenty twenty, and so when I look back, it's just like. It's kind of a full circle thing because polish has been a mainstay in my life. When I was a little girl, I was always, always, always playing a nail polish. I was always mixing polishes together to create a color. I was always painting my nails. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, well, not even in high school, my nails were always done. I would have intricate designs and colors. I started to buy brushes and would do my own nail art, move forward to college. I had like drawers of polish and people would come to my room my freshman year when I was in a dorm they would come to my room like hey I'm going out Kendra let me get some polish let me get some polish so like I was always everything was polish centered polish focused but it was just like this is something I like this is something I love you know what I mean and then I'm frugal so I don't like paying for things and if I can figure out how to do it I'm gonna do it myself so I remember my junior year of college, I got tired of going to salons. So then I started doing my own acrylic and I was sitting there filing, buffing my own nails, doing the tips and all that. It's like everything was always polished and nails with me. And it wasn't until later on when I was just like, create these colors that you keep dreaming up because you're not finding them. So create them. But it was there was never an option. It wasn't like I was creating a company to create a company. I was just creating my love. That is an oddly specific love. <laughs> That's, I like that. Were you making the polishes yourself, or you were you experimenting in, in the college days? No, college days. So when I was a kid, I was mixing polishes, which you should not do, because they would just get like gloppy. I don't know what it is about mixing the chemicals together, but they would not agree because it'd just be different brands, and I would mix it to get what I wanted. Um, so I would not advise that. I, I would learn how to thin out polish by using acetone or remover to thin it out when it got too thick. And then I would add in another polish to get like just a little change in the color. But I never made my own polish. And even now, when it came to having my own company, what I did was I just researched who makes polish. Because my background's in finance. I have always been in finance. Like I went to a finance and accounting high school. I studied finance in college. I worked in finance after college. So I'm a numbers girl. I'm colorful in spirit, but I'm not a chemist. So I researched manufacturers and then I reached out to them and was like, hey, I need this. I want it to look like this. I don't want this in it. And you just, it's a trial and error process. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I guess I, I've seen them on like Ryan's girlfriend from Black Ink Chicago. Oh, she, oh Rachel Paranova. Yeah, she has her own nail polish, I think, and like other like cosmetic stuff but she Ryan said she'd be in the basement making the stuff up and then having like wearing masks and stuff because it would be so potent bless you I got asthma (laughs) 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 I think that's super dope and it's funny because even when I do certain things in the house like I'll do photo shoots you know and I do my spill pictures where it's like you, you're literally spilling. It kills me to do it, too. But, like, you're spilling polish out the bottle for that nice shot. And, like, my place will smell like a damn lab. And I'll have windows open. Like, those fumes are serious. So, bless her because I think that's super dope. But, no, I'm not going to be the one mixing. I have a professional chemist that does mix it for me. 
which I think is dope. You know, everybody plays their role and it's really helpful for me just to make sure that everything's correct. So that's, that's crazy. That's dope. So what has been the easiest thing you accomplished and what was the most challenging uh, creating or starting Jen, Jen and Joe? So the funny thing is, I say the easiest is doing the work because I love it. Mm-hmm. And I come across people now that reach out to me and they'll ask for tips on starting a business. But I'll say, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. Where, where, how can I make money? And I'm like, well, that's not where you start. It's not about money. If you start with that, when the work that is required to sustain and keep your business going pops up, because it will, you're not going to want to do it because you're driven by money and not what you're doing. And it shows in the product, whether you're in a product or service oriented business. So for me, the easiest thing is doing the work itself because I love it. I love polish. Like, so this just, it's so excited every day. Painting new colors, thinking of the next thing I'm going to do like that. This is what I love. This is my favorite pastime. Like, it's, it's like if you like eating and you could be a professional eater or be like, you know, diners, dragons, and dives. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is the easiest, but that's also the hardest thing because with that, for me, I'm very colorful. I like the fun stuff. I like the painting, the experimenting, the new color development. The stuff I don't like is the analytical stuff. I don't like doing my like financials and talking to my accountant. I don't like having to file certain things and look at certain reports to see trends. I don't like having to even plan calendars based off of holidays, like your promos based off of the holidays. Because you have to think a season ahead of time with fashion and beauty. And so that's the stuff I don't like because this is my day-to-day that I love. Painting nails, playing and polish. Hey, look at this color. But to make a business out of it, that's not fun. But it feeds into the other. So I would say that's the most difficult. I think exercise and discipline, because you have to have discipline to get work done on time, to stay on schedule. That's the hardest thing. But the easiest is doing what you love. Once you figure out what you love and you do it, that's easy. That's what you do in your free time. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I agree with you there 100%. So um, with, the, with packaging your, your product, I ordered uh, some nail polish, and they, but unfortunately when they come on time. It's not my fault. It's the USPS fault. Blame Trump. Oh, no. Because he's trying to defund the USPS. So. Oh, we, we, we know about Trump and the jury. Everything's in priority mail, okay? I'm, <laughs> I, I feel a way about that because come holiday season, I don't need no mess. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, when I, I did order some before, and it came in a gold envelope, and it came with like this uh, this card of yours explaining you know, who you are and the business and everything. And I guess like confetti and package inside. What was the inspiration for, you know, for that? I wanted. Like, I've never seen a gold envelope be delivered less than like I'm thinking like Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. I love gold. Like I'm a gold member. I love gold. Seriously. <laughs> like, I'm not into white gold, rose gold, silver. I'm into yellow gold. It's just like I kind of want to. I'm giving a piece of myself to my customers. That's why the logo is a pineapple. It represents hospitality. I'm welcoming you home into my home. And so even though you're not physically in my home, I'm bringing that to you. So, like, I love gold. It's just shiny. It's warm. It's welcoming. So you see the shiny package. You're like, oh, what's that? That's for me? And then you open it. And the first thing you have is this note facing up. 
that has your name and it's saying, hey, thank you. Welcome to the Janet and Joe family because I want you to feel a part of the family. And so I'm into personal notes. I'm very old fashioned. So, you know, we're in this age of text messages and emails, but you don't often get a handwritten card or you'll get like an evite, you know, and not like an actual invitation in the mail. I'm very old fashioned. Like when I turned 29, I, I sent invitations in the mail to everybody for the party. So the same thing. I'm sending a thank you, a personal thank you note to people because you don't have to purchase from me. You have so many other options out there. Hell, you don't even have to wear nail polish. So the fact that you choose to purchase Janet and Joe, I'm very grateful. And I want to acknowledge the person, the individual and say your name so you feel seen because you are. And then the the crinkle paper, the gold and the white, it's a party in a bag. So it's just like, ah, we're here. <laughs> so that's why I just like parties. But I wanted to make sure it was something that was recyclable. So that's why it's paper, because actually when I started, it was these little foam things. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't eco-friendly. It's really just to just to welcome somebody. Like, it's a celebration. It's a party. Welcome to the family. I see you, and you're going to love this product. That's awesome. Um, now, with something I noticed with Black-owned businesses, and I want to know if you noticed it as well. Do you see other other companies black owned take that extra step like you are to make somebody feel welcome? Because like when I buy something that's black owned, I, I, I get I, I see the attention to detail, like packaging like that, or you know that that personal touch. Whereas though with a, another company that's not black owned, it's just you no know, here's the product here it is that's it. I mean, is that a black owned thing or a small business thing? It's a small business thing in my experience. I think. So I can see through two different lenses. One as the customer and one as the business owner. And it's a small business thing for sure, because we have, you're not dealing with as high a volume of sales of, let's say, a Ulta or a JCPenney, you know, these big stores that sell multiple products. When you're just a small business, you have a smaller volume of sales that you're producing or putting out and also a smaller audience. So it's, easier to customize and put in that thank you note whereas when you grow you can keep that a part of your process but your costs are going to increase and you know as a small business you have to be mindful of your costs but I noticed you know I purchase from Nordstrom's a lot and when I order from Nordstrom's I get a cardboard box that says Nordstrom stamped on the side I get a return label or receipt and I get my items in a plastic bag that's it which is crazy because you pay a lot of money for Nordstrom's or Nordstrom's Rack. I shop at Nordstrom's Rack, let me not front. But you don't right, <laughs> you know, yeah. get much. And then when I shop from these boutiques on Etsy, I get a nice thank you note. So it's it's the small business thing. Because I think when you're a small business, you know, those sales, they really count. Not saying it doesn't count for a big business, but that really pushes you. Like for, let's say Nordstrom's Rack, if they make me mad and I'm like, I will never shop there again. I'm not going to affect them as much. Yeah, they probably don't care. It, it, nobody's going to care. But when you're a small business and you don't have that reputation yet, you don't have a strong family, as I like to call it, but let's say, you know, customer support, that infrastructure there. One customer that writes a review, let's say on Instagram, and I got enough followers on Twitter or IG, and I'm like, yo, they're trash. I don't know who you are. There's no trust. I'm not going to shop from you. So, you know, we take these extra steps to build a relationship with customers. But I, I, to answer your question, to kind of go back, I definitely see that with Black-owned businesses. I wish I had the earrings in now. There's a Black-owned business in the area local to the DMV. It's called House of Jan. 
love them. I'm somebody that loves, you know, costume jewelry. These ain't real diamonds. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like <laughs> costume jewelry. And they eat. It's, <laughs> it's a black woman owned business, but like her earrings are bomb. And when she ships her stuff to you, it's nice packaging. You have a nice personalized thank you note. Another one is a lipstick company called Gold Label. Nice packaging. You get a nice note with your order. So it's it's a small business thing for sure. Okay. Have you come across uh, anybody that, you know, hey, Kendra, let me get like two for 20? Anybody try to frugal you or, you know, finagle you out of a, you know, of a deal or sense like that? You know, it's, it's like always, it's, it's that stigma of the, the black owned business, they, black people want to come there and kind of like, you know, bargain with that, that person. That's the most frustrating thing ever. Even before I was a business owner, I wasn't that type of person, but. I mean, I just, people don't mean ill by it, but it's very offensive. This is not a hobby. It's not, you know, something I'm doing for fun. Yes, I love it because you should do what you love to make money. But this is a business. Like, I'm not in this for the hell of it. I'm not in it for a like on Instagram. It's not to appear successful. It's to be successful. So it's to make sales and nothing is free. So if you get a homie hookup, I am paying for that personally out my pocket. And so <laughs> that shit pisses me off because I get it. People will be like, hey. Hey, hey, haggling is a part of business. I don't go into a car dealership this ain't and pay the full price. This ain't a car dealership. This ain't a car dealership. This ain't no damn market. This ain't no like flea market where you can haggle. Because I'll tell you one thing. You don't go to Macy's. You don't go to Nordstrom's. You don't go to Lord & Taylor, Bloomingdale's. You don't go to Ulta. Because I'm going to keep it specific to makeup. You don't go to Ulta and Sephora and be like, hey, can I get this Fenty lip gloss two, two for one? You don't do that. I mean, if I did wear lip gloss, maybe I would. So but my thing is, like, don't come to me with that. Yeah. Because it costs me. Everything costs me. Every, like, I don't think people understand. Like, when you're, when you're creating your price point, when you have a product. I'm focused on product service businesses right now. Because I have a product. When you create that price point, you have so many factors to consider. You have your cost to consider. And cost isn't just the product itself. You have to think about your packaging. You have to think about your regular business expenses. You pay taxes. You have to pay quarterly taxes as a business. Then your overhead, your operations, your overhead, your operations. Then it's to sell this to you. <laughs> like, And you want to make a, pro a profit. But at the same time, and when you say making a profit, what does that go to? Because you have an you you have an accountant, I should hope, right? You have your your business taxes that you're paying. You want to try to pay yourself somehow in this in these numbers, right? Think about how you're going to pay yourself if, prime example, my product's eighteen dollars, mm -hmm. and you break that down to the cost of the product, then my business expenses, your overhead, then marketing expenses, your packaging, which is into the cost, but then somehow you want to pay yourself. And you want to be competitive so that people will can afford your product as well. And then you're asking me for a discount. So I'm basically working for free. This ain't volunteer work. <laughs> this ain't volunteer work. Like, get your ass up out of here. <laughs> like, so insulting. Because it's like, you want to support me? Then purchase it. If you can't purchase it, retweet it. If you don't want to retweet it because it's not in your lane, like it. If you don't want to do that, tell somebody about that. There's so many forms of support that's not even, not monetary. But don't ask me for a freebie. Don't ask me for a discount because 
somebody's paying for it. Whether it's you or me, somebody's paying for it. Right. And it's 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 highly insulting. Like I had oof, I I get people all the time. Like it's called the vapors there. People ask me for free products all the time. I think it look I think everybody looks kinda of like, oh, it's a t shirt, it's a hat. It's just it's just nail polish, something small. You can get that to me. Because I know when um when I first saw you were about to launch, I was like, Oh, how can I support? And I appreciate I, that. Thank you so much. Cause I never oh, no problem. Think about I think about with me, I don't I wanna support my friends the best way I possibly can. If you give me something like, hey, Jerron, try this, or can you wear this, or what the case may be, I'll do it. But I'm going to come to you and be like, oh, hey, um, let me get, you know, two for 10 on, on, on the nail polish, you know, real quick. Well, the price point is, I pay it. You know, I brought I brought one for my little girl. She's like to paint her nails. So I got, that's what I got it for. So you sure you can't just give out samples for the exposure? You know what I'm saying? No. Word of mouth? And that's another thing. Like, when people think about samples, samples cost. It's free to you, but like I have nail polish, so even those bottles that they go in, I'm paying for each bottle. And then I have to follow FDA regulations to make sure that I have the labeling on those bottles. So like people don't think about that. Like, cause a friend of mine, you know, we was talking about stuff and he was like, Why don't you hand out samples? And I was like, Cause samples cost. And I ain't got <laughs> like this is a self-funded business. I didn't want to take out any debt. I have enough debt because of grad school. I'm, I'm not trying to take on any debt. Right. And so when I created this, this was just straight up, this is me pumping in cash into this business. It costs a lot to start a business. Like when they say it costs money to make money, that's so true. It costs money to make money. You have to pay for marketing. You have to pay for your product. You have to pay for research and development. You have to pay for everything. And I was paying for that out of my pocket. I will say, that I took advantage of the free money that's out there because there's free money out there. And so I researched every grant possible and I applied for every single grant possible. And I got denied for all but one grant. But that's all that matters because it don't matter who says no. You get that one, you give me a $200 grant. That's $200 I didn't have before. Yeah. So I was blessed to get a small grant and it, it helped. It helped. That's so I pumped lot of money into this and I still do like it's a lot of personal equity and it's not a complaint but that's why it's like I'm coming back to you have to make sure whatever business you're doing this is your passion I've never been in this for oh I want to make money it wasn't a get rich quick scheme it's not about Mm -hmm. making money it was about sharing my passion with the world and it just so happens that I could make this you know something that I live off of my lifestyle but this is like this is what I love. You gotta, you gotta truly follow what you love. I, I agree with you hundred percent. What's the best advice you've gotten on your own business? The best advice I've received. Mm-hmm. My dad tells me to stick to my plan, and like this is a business. Those words. That's the best advice ever. Because in case you haven't told, like you couldn't see, I'm very emotional with it because I love polish. But when it comes to business, you gotta remove your emotions. And which is hard to do when it's your baby, but this is a business. Your bottom line as a business is to make money. So that's the best advice I ever received. And I have to keep that in mind because you have a lot of opportunities where it's partnerships, maybe with a friend or someone, you know, and you may want to be a little relaxed with how you would normally operate, but you need to keep in mind that this is a business. And so that friendship, you keep, you check that at the door and you have your business hat on. 
And even when opportunities come from other businesses and corporations, I know for me, like, I get so, like, starry-eyed because it'll be, like, certain organizations and corporations. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they want to work with me, little old me. But I have to come back down to earth and be like, this is a business, Kendra, because sometimes you get caught up in the hype of these big names wanting to work with you that you may kind of sort of let yourself get screwed just so you can have that affiliation. And you don't want to do that. And so I have to be mindful. I take time when I review these contracts and deals. If the numbers don't make sense, I'm not doing it. I don't care what name is attached to it because this is a business. So as long as you follow that, you'll be fine. So where do you see Jen and Joe evolving into the next few years? Oh, that's easy. I had that vision before I started the company. She's going to be a household name. I say she because it's two women. I named it after my grandmothers. But So I always said, I'm going to be the black Kate Spade. And I say that because Kate Spade, she didn't stay in one lane. She had purses. You know, she had shoes. She had pens. She had cups. She had planners, yearly planners and stuff. So my goal was to always be black Kate Spade and be a household name. Which is also a bit of advice to be mindful of not just what you're trying to do in the immediate future, but the long term, because that goes in line with your branding when you select your company name, your logo. So I was mindful, you know, the pineapple, it just it tied into my story and what I'm trying to create here. But I wanted to get to a point where the pineapple outline became synonymous with Janet and Joe. So when I use my pineapple, I don't even have to put Janet and Joe because you know what it is. And I get people all the time, they're like, oh, you should do lipsticks. I'm like, yeah, lipstick isn't my passion, but you know what it is? Earrings and shoes. So guess what you might see later on 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 some shoes? A pineapple. So long term, I'm going to have a lot of other products that I'll introduce. And my goal is to be a household name. But above that is to really just educate people. That is like the mission and the core of the company is to educate and inspire people. So as long as I do that, I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. So, well, hopefully you can accomplish that goal. I will. You definitely inspired me because I was looking, when I saw what you were doing, I was like, oh, okay. Like this is something different. And the fact that I could see what you're doing, you know, kind of from the ground up and then support it as well. You definitely feel attached to it, so I you know I definitely wish I wish you all the best with this, and hope Thank that you know this takes off for you and you out of here. So <laughs> Thank you. Uh, one, 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 one last question I do want to ask is with the the the, the pitch. Can you, you touch on that because I saw you on your Instagram story. Uh, you had an announcement to make, so so that was crazy. So Black Girl Ventures is a nonprofit organization and they work, they build a community of black female entrepreneurs and they build a network where you can really build off each other. And I have been following them for years. This is crazy. So like I actually was going through my photo album because I have ridiculous amounts of pictures in my phone, mostly polished, of course, but like I'm cleaning it out. Right. And then I see one of my favorites and it was a post from Black Girl Ventures from last year. And they were posting about their pitch competition. And I had bookmarked it like, yeah, Kendra, you're going to do this one day. Hadn't even realized that like, oh shit, you're doing it. But I have been following them for a while and I applied. I saw that they had a DC pitch competition coming up. So I applied for it. Mm-hmm. And so this is what's crazy, y'all. I'm about to wrap y'all up. 
I applied. So this summer, you know, what happened with George Floyd, there was an influx in support of the African-American community and Black-owned businesses. And so with that, there were a lot of grant opportunities and all these things. Mm -hmm. And so like Glossier, they had a grant. They had a grant program and you could apply for like ten, thirty-five, and fifty thousand dollars. There was another one from Tower 28, which is a beauty company. They had the Clean Beauty Summer School program. So I applied for that. I applied for like a new voices fund pitch. So it was like all these things I applied for, right? Denied, denied, denied. Not denied, but I didn't get accepted into any of them. Right. All in the same week. And then I get this email and it was like, you've been accepted to the Black Girl Ventures DC pitch competition. And I was like, shit, okay. I was excited for like two minutes. And then I was like, I gotta do a pitch. I never did a pitch. <laughs> and I was like, I regretted it. I'm not even gonna front. I immediately regretted that decision because I never did a pitch and I was not comfortable doing a pitch. Mm-hmm. I like posting my polishes and I like sharing that, but I don't like coming in front of the camera because I'm like fairly personal and like it's about the business. I don't like it's not me. And like when you put yourself in front of the camera, then you're you're kind of opening yourself up to scrutiny and all these things. So I was super nervous. And that was probably the best decision I ever made because it forced me to step outside of my comfort zone. And the coaching that you receive in the program, the support from other female entrepreneurs, that was priceless. I'm just that was a great experience in itself. But so I did the pitch competition, right? Mm-hmm. And so me and this other company, she's super dope. I have to shout her out. Her name is, is Sweet Kiwi. They're sold in um, Whole Foods. They just got a distribution deal with Target. And it's um, Greek frozen yogurts. And each pint is either, I want to say, 39 calories or less. Super dope. Y'all got to support her because it's a Black woman-owned business. Me and this girl were neck and neck. <laughs> like, I'm talking about every time I got a vote, she got a vote. So, like, at first I was leading the first couple of days because it was a seven-day window where people could vote for their favorite company that did a pitch. Right. And the way you vote is by monetary donation because it's, it's, a, it's a crowdfunding pitch competition. So I like that because, you know, we're not comfortable with asking for support. So it also helps you learn how to ask for support as well. Right. But me and this girl, this company, we're neck and neck. Neck and neck the whole thing. And finally, like... 11.40 p.m., I said, she's going to get me on these votes. The last day, the last votes got in, and I want to say Sweet Kiwi got 100 votes, and I got 94. I was like, damn, I lost, man. Ooh, but I forgot the top three companies get the grand prize, which is you get $3,000 worth of Google advertising credits. You get a HubSpot account. You get a Salesforce for startups account. You get business coaching, mentorship. So I'm like, oh. So I, when I realized I still got that, I'm hyped because that's what I wanted. Like, I need coaching at this point. I need help and how to scale. And then the, um, the founder, her name is Shelly Bell. She's just like, I'm so happy I did this program just so that I met her and have her as a mentor because she's everything. But she's, she schedules a, a meetup, which... To, in my mind, to do a testimony about the program and my experience. This was actually last Sunday. So we meet up last Sunday and they asked me questions on my experience and like the pitch competition, any, you know, feedback, lessons learned. And then she's like, yeah, how much did you ask for in your pitch? And I'm like, yeah, I asked for $50,000 because I want help with marketing and business operations. And she's right. like, yeah, well, you have an anonymous donor that donated $100,000 to your company. Bros. I said, 
So I start laughing, right? Because my immediate reaction to this type of stuff, I'm just like, whatever. So I'm laughing. She's like, no, no. So yeah, you got a $100,000 donation to your company. That's the most in the history of this program. Are you serious? Dead serious. When I say I started boohooing, I said, somebody to me? (laughs) You know, it's one thing for you. You know, you believe in your, your thing, your passion, your dream. But when you get that support from, you know, external support, it's a whole nother thing. It, it just validates that you're on the right path and you're truly walking in your purpose. And so that makes me, I mean, like I, that I, you, you just, you're at a loss for words. You're grateful and it opens up a world of possibilities. And so for me, I'm grateful because, you know, I didn't come in first place technically vote wise in the competition, but she was like, that was the most in the history of the black girl ventures program. And just to go back to how I like followed this program and I admired them so much and I would never think that I would be in it, let alone, you know, make history in the program. It's, it's a blessing. And it's just, it, it lets me know that I am walking in my purpose and my truth because everything I do, God is first in all I do. And so like I ask for um, guidance, if I'm making the right business decisions, if I'm putting out the right messaging. Yeah, that's Black Girl Ventures. That's black girl man. Man, that's what's up. I, I didn't. I didn't say the dollar amount because I don't like to share that, and it just kind of fell out my mouth like. <laughs> but yeah. She broke it here first, everybody. Right. You <laughs> broke a story. <laughs> yeah, I won't be sharing that online at all. But yeah, so uh, uh, um, an anonymous donor. Thank you. Bless you. They donated one hundred thousand dollars to my company. So the way it works with Black Girl Ventures, though, it's a it's a seventy thirty split. So I end up getting seventy thousand. But shit. Like right. that's opening new doors. Man, I don't, I don't know how you hold that. I don't know how you hold that in because somebody donated that to us or just to me. Period. <laughs> just excluded me from all that. All right, fuck you. I would be in a roof. I would. I would. I could. could I wouldn't be able to contain my excitement. So happy for you, and, and you know, just how, how, how long have you have you been? You know, been doing this like not like not in a whole year, right? We hit a year in August. Um, okay. But it's it's a blessing because I plan out a lot of things and it's like, okay, I actually had a plan on like trying to find sources of funding. And I you know, I've been just so adamant on not taking out debt. But I, I had reached a point where I was like, okay, well, it's time to take out some business loans, you know, yeah. to finance the next steps in the company. And so when this happened, it was just like, I'm telling you, he's an on-time God because I had these things planned and it was, you know, I was about to, you know, apply for some loans and then I got this news. And so it's a blessing just to be able to, you know, push forward with my company and what I have planned as far as next steps and to have the capital to do that because an issue with black businesses, you know, is our access to capital. And so to have access to capital, I yeah, I'm speechless. Like I'm I'm forever grateful for that. Man, that that is I can't say awesome enough. I need I need to find a new word, but that is so great to hear just to Yeah. You know, did you get that kind of a donation support? We we made donation to her pictures as well. So I want you to Thank you. That. Y'all are a part of that hundred thousand, so thank you. I like being involved in things I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going to support my friends any way I can and anytime I can. So, you know, if you ever need anything from us, Kendra, just let us know. You know, we can, we can help out some kind of way. So I'm, I'm all for it. So that, that, that sums up the, the first part of our podcast with Kendra here. 
So in the second part, we're going to talk about the recent, was, it, was that a verdict or what did you say that was? Well, the, the grand jury inquiry. The, yeah, the grand jury inquiry uh, regarding uh, Breonna, Breonna Taylor's case. So we would love to have you talk about something a little lighter, but it's time to dampen the mood a little bit. <laughs> so when you first heard the, the news of, uh, of, of that, of the, the officer getting, what was that, wanton, wanton? Yeah. For shooting into the neighbor's apartment, right? I mean, we—I don't think not one black person in this country was surprised. We all expected that, but I think uh, a good majority of us, myself, we were disappointed because I was just—I'm not gonna front. I was like, just this one time, it would be different. You know, you think on the heels of all this happened in 2020, mm-hmm. and with the um, the George Floyd protests with the support and I think just this like it was like an awakening that occurred in June where so many people that had denied that racism exists I think it was so undeniable now to me it was undeniable with previous footage of all the other killings like Alton Sterling right but it was so undeniable for many others when they saw the George Floyd videotape that you know maybe the Breonna Taylor case would be different so there was that hope and you need hope and so when that hope is just killed and like what we knew would happen happened, it was just like, fuck. And I'm not gonna front. I was pissed off. I still am pissed off. I'm very angry. Cause I'm done having conversations. <laughs> like you can try to have conversations with people to explain to them what's going on, but I don't believe that they don't understand. I don't believe that people don't get it. I don't believe that it's like, oh, you know, they're oblivious. No, 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 no. So well for ignorance. They get it, but they don't want to accept that because that changes their entire reality. And it changes people's, like, what you know to be true. It is very uncomfortable. Like, ain't nothing left to talk about. That's, that's state. <laughs> like, they killed that woman. They killed. And, like, when you look at pictures of her and stuff, like, she was, you know, because sometimes you think, I don't know, but they're kind of dehumanized. People become hashtags and they become movements and things. But Brianna Taylor is Kendra. She is my sister. She is my friend. Like, she's all of us. And I sleep on my couch. Couches are very, like, I like to be comfortable. I like to sleep on my couch. So to think that people could just knock down your door and they could shoot you. And they'll get indicted for shooting bullets into your neighbor's apartments, but not into your body. My black body means nothing to the state, to the government. But it's more of a drywall could be expensive. Huh, man. <laughs> the crazy thing is, like, for me, you know, I I just want this same energy that we have during election years to continue because, like, every two years you have a midterm election. So we need to keep that, that energy up for midterms because that determines your state and your local, you know, those local leadership positions. And that's even, I don't want to say even more important, but that's very, 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 very important to your day-to-day life. Oh, so y'all may not know I have a master's in public policy, okay? Don't sleep on your girl. Um, but like... Did you see what you just did there? Like, no, but like, it just... It's very important that we we stay on top of these things, that you read up. Even, you don't have to read a whole legislation, but you can go online. Like, this stuff is very transparent as far as people's voting records, what's up for, you know, votes right now. But this this is literally your lives. And we are paying these people to disrespect us, literally. Because yes. you're paying lawmakers. They're on your payroll as a taxpayer. And so it's like we're asking, but I'm done asking. Like, you tell them. 
And if they don't do what you want them to do, you get their asses out. And I think we need to make sure there are too many people who are eligible to vote who are not registered and who are not old enough to vote. And when you talk about voter registration, like that conversation is always amongst you and your peers, right? But what about those people outside of your circle, that sphere of influence that you have, people that you come into contact with who are above 18 years of age, who are eligible to vote, who are not registered, who think that their vote doesn't count. We all need to educate them. We all need to ensure that they are voting. And if someone says their vote doesn't count, then you tell me why they're trying to take our vote away even today. It's got to count for something. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm telling you to be the last one. I'm tired. I have conversations even with African-Americans where they're like, oh, yeah. That racism, that was old. I had a conversation with a guy the other night and he was talking about how it was worse in the 70s. I said, well, how so? And he was like, because racism was more prevalent. I said, no, it wasn't. What makes you think that? Even today, people could outright deny what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I think people are only faced to acknowledge it because you have video footage. So what about the stuff that's not recorded? Exactly. It's too much. It's ridiculous. I ain't, I'm not here to make anybody feel comfortable I'm not here for your feelings, because this is a life and death situation for people that look like me. Mm-mm. As far as the Breonna Taylor case goes, I said it in the last one, that right or wrong, everything that the police did were lawful, so I just had a feeling that nobody was going to get criminally charged. Even if it was unlawful, they would have got off. Shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, a strong possibility. that's a strong possibility. But as far as, you know, with the grand jury inquiry, I said, just looking at it, they had a valid warrant and they returned fire. So regardless of right or wrong, grand, wrong as shit. Everything was wrong. Yeah. But I still don't get mad. Even uh, still with the grand jury thing, the thing is that bothers me is they withheld a lot of evidence. So they didn't... They didn't well, yeah, with the grand evidence. jury, the, the prosecutor presents what evidence they think would get charges. It was awful. It was awful. Like how they tried to... Um, they had that smear campaign on oh, Brianna yeah. and time. her boyfriend, which is fucked up when you think about it. Like at the root of it, at a basic human level, that shit is... Fucked up. I mean, you see that all the time. You see see that somebody's getting killed. You drag their name through the mud and try to justify the fact that they were murdered. Exactly. It's awful. They try try to get her ex-boyfriend, who they were looking for, to say that she was selling drugs for him. Yeah. Yeah, that she was accepting packages in the house. They were going to give him a plea deal. It's awful. No ownership. There's no accountability. And I think that's the most dangerous thing when it comes to you know, American law enforcement is Mm -hmm. there is zero accountability. You can do which is what they're showing us is that you can do whatever you want and there's there's no accountability for it. No one's going to answer for that. That shit is fucked up, man. And I mean, even if you think about like, there was something I was mentioning on the news. They were talking about like the, you know, cases of police shootings, fatal police shootings. <laughs> they had the nerve to bring up this one case. I want to say it was in Milwaukee or something where it was a police officer that shot a white woman. Guess what that police officer was? It was black, right? That was the like one of the few where you know the police officer was convicted, but it it speaks volumes because you know people always say, well, you're race baiting, and why are you bringing race into this? And it's like because race is a part of this. You can't right. have one without the other. Breonna Taylor has me sick. I was sad. I've been sad a lot this year. It's a lot to take in. When you especially when you see you you see Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Jacob Blake. It's it's so many other videos that come that have come up. Didn't even happen this year, but just how we've been treated by police and then disregarding getting no justice for it, 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 it takes a toll on you. Like, I can't watch the videos or I'm just, you know, after a while, like, 
Watching George yeah. Floyd took a lot out of me. It's too much, and like it's our people. So I don't know. I it, mean, it could be any one of us. At a human level, for me, even if it wasn't a black person, I I just couldn't stand for any mistreat. That's what bothers me. I'm gonna be real with y'all, like, cause it's just like people lack humanity. Because even if this was a white person, I'm not okay with anybody being treated that way. Right. Like anybody. It bothers me to the core. And I don't know if maybe we have, and I say we being African-Americans and even black women, because you're, when you think about it, how people are treated in society, you're a woman and you're black. So you have to deal with sexism and racism. So you have a heightened level of empathy that others don't have. And I don't know if it's that that just makes you just feel a certain way, but I don't understand. I, I just, I, I don't get it. But I'll tell you one thing, with all this in mind, when it comes to sitting at a table and when you got to negotiate shit, you best believe reparations are added in. There's a reparation tax into everything I do. I'm going to tell you that right now. Into everything I do. Shoot, we, we, we need to get reparations for something. Um, yeah. No, there's a... Um, I want to say it's Greensboro, North Carolina, but don't quote me. There's somewhere in North Carolina where they uh, they, they have reparations. You have to Google it. Oh, yeah. I, um, I, I remember saying that. I do remember saying that. Yeah, passing legislation on reparations. Yes, yeah, yeah. In, in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, you guys, I, I saw that on, like, now, nowthis.com. So I think that about, you know, that probably sum it up. As we all know, as everybody predicted with the Breonna Taylor case, that there wasn't going to be no criminal yeah. charges. But I, I feel what Kendra's saying, like, it, you know, enough talking, enough protesting. I feel like just, they just need, we need to start burning this shit down to be heard and make some real changes. Like you said, get these people out of office, they ain't doing nothing for us. Voting uh, mid, midterms is very important as well. It's very much legislative. I think we use, we need to access the tools that are available to us. We have these handheld computers called cell phones that we don't utilize the way we should. I mean, the thing with government is everything is open information as far as like, you know, things that are up for, you know, votes and they have a commentary period. We have to pay attention to these things. We have to be active in our communities. When I say active, I'm not talking about like, oh, clean up sidewalks. I mean, actually going to these meetings where they're proposing these new construction sites when they're gentrifying your area, things of that nature, and not taking a reactive approach, but a proactive approach. And just, you know, we're taxpaying citizens, so let's act like it and really be involved in our society and not just every four years and not voting Democrat because you're raised to vote Democrat or, you know, they say that blacks are Democrats. Like you vote for whoever the fuck aligns with your goals and your 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 core values. Excuse my French, but I consider myself moderate. So just being mindful of who you vote for, not blindly having any allegiance to any party or person. Right. No, I agree with that. You know, research everything. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be a voter. Be an informed voter. I'm telling you. That's the next thing. I need somebody with a, like a, a IT skill or something. I just want to like have like an app where it's just like it could summarize people who are up for votes because I, I, I care about myself and others being informed and making informed decisions. I don't care the decision you make as long as it's an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it a small one regardless of which way you go. Yeah. All right. I think that about covers everything. All right. So before we wrap everything up. Kendra, is there anything that you would like to promote? Any website that you you want people to check out? Is there? It's, it's time for some shameless self-promotion right now. So we have a partnership with the American Cancer Society where for the month of October, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, 
which is very near and dear to me because my mother was a three-time breast cancer survivor and half of our namesake, my grandmother Jo, she passed from breast cancer. So like this was the, the biggest thing ever for me just to have a partnership with them. We have a trio coming out where 50% of the sales from this nail polish trio will be going towards the American Cancer Society, but specifically for their breast cancer research efforts. So that's late break in here. I haven't announced that yet. I won't announce it till October. Oh, oh, another news breaking story. <laughs> Damn, October first, but like that—that that means a lot to me. And it's called—it's uh, a trio called Breast Friends Forever. And the the goal is to just really promote self exams, especially in this era of a pandemic because a lot of people are not going to the doctor's office and getting their annual mammograms. And early detection is key in saving lives. Two of the three times my mother had breast cancer, she actually found her lump through early detection. She was doing self-exams at home between her mammograms. And so that is very, very key in saving your life. So with that, you know, with our Breast Friends Forever Nail Lackers, we'll be sending out informational pamphlets, showing people how they can do their own self-exams at home. And again, 50% of the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. So I'm very, 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 very proud of this partnership. Yeah. That's, that's great. So we'll have all of the information where you can reach Kendra in the description, the website to order her nail polish, and all of the Instagram and YouTube so that you can follow her. So thank you, Kendra, so much for being a part of this and, you know, stopping by, you know, sharing your time with us and letting me, uh, you know, get my journalism on. And I really appreciate that a lot. Uh, oh, and uh, before you go, what's your favorite podcast you like to listen to? Um, I really like how I built this with Guy Raz. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't lie. I guess you're you right. know what mess. All right, everybody. So. That's the podcast. As always, you can check us out on YouTube. Follow us on SoundCloud, Google Music Play, iTunes, and Spotify. Peace out.